गुड मॉर्निंग वी आर डूइंग उद्धव गीता द लास्ट मैसेज ऑफ श्री कृष्णा दिस इज चैप्टर फोर एंड वी आर डूइंग वर्स ट्वेल्व ऑनवर्ड्स बट लाइक आई हैड सजेस्टेड लास्ट टाइम दैट वी आर गोइंग टू बी कंटिन्यूइंग विथ द प्रीवियस वर्स बिकॉज द प्रीवियस वर्स हैज गॉट एवरीथिंग विच वी नीड फॉर टूडे सत्संग सो इट इज लिटरली लाइक वी आर गोइंग टू रीडू दैट वर्स we are doing uddhav gita chapter 4 the last message of sri krishna verse 11 repetition conquering posture and thought through that controlling the breath one ever alert should control collect the mind together and hold it steady through renunciation and systematic practice i had said that this verse needs one more round of explanation so let us start from the last two words systematic practice the word systematic practice means sadhana if we have to do something worthwhile in our life we have to repeatedly do the same thing over and over again to become perfect there is a very simple saying which says practice makes a person perfect isn't it so if i have to do a certain practice consistently continuously then only i can achieve perfection otherwise to achieve perfection in this world is literally impossible nobody comes from the mother's womb and starts playing cricket or <laughs> football or something like that no they don't do that you require a lot a lot of practice if you can practice in the material world for your studies how much of studies do you do if you want to become a master or a bachelor of a particular stream the amount of effort that you need to put in let us say even if you are working for a company the amount of effort you need to put in to become successful and to have your growth isn't it very important that even in your spiritual you have to do spiritual practices do you think spiritual practice if it is done for a year two years few years or even 5 10 years also do you think they are going to yield result no way no way you have put in more than 15 years or 10 years to 15 years of actual practice whereas your schooling college is concerned and do you think spirituality is cheaper than the college i think you are mistaken you have to maybe 10 times increase your effort so spiritual practice is very very important now today like i told you we are going to learn about the mind and because we are going to learn about the mind how do you control the mind first and foremost if you do not control your body that is the physical body then your pranic body the one where you are breathing hmm if these two bodies are not under your control do you think you can control the third one which is called the mind one <laughs> the subtle body can never be controlled if you are not having any control over your physical one so physical body control is the first one second one is the mind the mind and the intellect has to be there you know held very tightly under control 
So in this verse, he talks about conquering postures. You see, when a person keeps on, you know, shifting like this, like this, like this, like this, constantly moving around, that person will not be able to give a proper, maybe even a lecture. Now, if, I, if I just keep on shaking here, there, here, there, you know how difficult it is to focus on a subject. Now, let us say somebody is doing a stand-up comedy and he just keeps on going here, there, here, there, here, there. Do you think the person will be able to deliver the right on to the right audience? No. So what is important is you need to put yourself in a proper posture. So you have to stand straight. You have to be steady. Your voice has to be perfect. Now do you understand all this? How can the voice be clear? Clarity of the voice depends on the flow of the breath, isn't it? If I am breathing out, breathing in properly, then I can speak fluently, correctly with the proper nuances. But if I am out of breath, what would happen to me? <laughs> you know, this is the kind of noise you will make. You will not be saying the words correctly. You will not be able to convey the right meaning. So after posture, then you have to control the breath. So in spirituality also, breath control is a must. Last time I was telling you that there are great actors who have held their breath for a very, very long time. Haven't they? If they have to do an underwater scene, they have to do it. Imagine the one who is playing dead. <laughs> Just think, there is an actor who is supposed to play dead. And he is breathing like this. Do you think the <laughs> director will allow that? You see, you can't have body movements, isn't it? If you are playing dead, you better be dead over there. <laughs> you can't move, heave. You can't even, you can't do this. That reminds me from a very beautiful scene from a movie called The Party. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie called The Party. It has got Peter Sellers in it. Now Peter Sellers is playing an Indian. Okay. And he is standing on top of a hill. And he's supposed to blow the bugle, you know, like that, and announce. And suddenly there is a hail of bullet. <laughs> now he is supposed to fall down dead. See what happens is he does like this and he again starts blowing. And he does again. <laughs> Spoiling the entire scene. Sir, you are dead. You better be dead. So think about it. If you have to play dead in a scene, you have to hold your breath. You can't have body movements. In spirituality also, understand what are you doing? You are overcoming death. Remember this. <laughs> See, you are neither the body. Okay. So, and not this breath and anything like that. You have to go over that, beyond that. So that means holding your breath should be the priority for you. <laughs>
So I hope you understand. The second step is to regulate the breath. The breath has to be regulated by means of proper breathing techniques. So the inhalation has to balance out the exhalation. So inhalation, exhalation has to be balanced out clearly. If you are breathing in more and leaving out less, there is going to be a problem. Right? And if you are breathing in less and trying to exhale more, sir, you are going to become <laughs> shriveled like this very soon. So I hope you understand what I am saying. So proper breathing is a must. So first posture, second breathing. One, ever alert should collect the mind together. How do you collect the mind together? Do you know even if you are breathing, your mind is going at the, you know, the speed of light. It's going all over the place. And when the mind goes all over the place, there is no way in which you can keep your body posture, nor your breath, nothing. So, mind has to be gathered. Gathering the mind means very simply zeroing on to one object and not going hither and thither. Can you focus on your breath, please? So, take your mind and focus only on your breath. That is the reason why you will find this most of these gurus, who those who teach, you know, meditation and you know, pranayama, they will say, take a deep breath. Focus on the breath. The air is entering through your nostrils and now it is going inside. They see, they are giving you what is called as, you know, a power of suggestion. They are suggesting to you. So if you attend any yoga classes and if they are doing this kind of a breathing techniques, you will find that there is somebody who in the background who will do one, two, three, four, five, six, hold, one, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four, five, six. Why is this being given? It is given for the power of suggestion. It is telling you, do it this way. So mind is focused on that, that noise and secondly, on what the person is speaking. Your mind is not wandering here and there. Now, this is the important part which we need to understand. We are going to cut this portion. <laughs> because the power went. <laughs> it should come back. I hope you understand that this power of suggestion is so strong. Suddenly if I tell you, you know, the power went. And you know, you are going to see darkness all over the place. <laughs> We are back. So, what happens when you give the power of suggestion to someone? It is very, very strong. He's playing truant. You see, 
the power is creating a lot of <laughs> disturbance in the system okay let us go back to what we are doing so holding this particular mind steady hold it do not wander hither thither through the power of renunciation and systematic practice renunciation don't hold on to objects you see when you keep on holding on to objects think about it when you are eating for food you know when, when you are eating for for lunch or you are eating at lunch and when the food is being served sorry when the food is being served just imagine the neighbor got two lettuce and by the time the person came to you the lettuce are over okay huh? and the person who is serving you says I will go and get them and he doesn't come till the end of the meal. Do you know how upset you are going to be? <laughs> you will say, my neighbor got laddus, I didn't get the laddus. Hmm? You think, think about it like that. Or if you go to say McDonald's, okay, and they are supposed to put some sauce in it and give it to you and they don't give you with that sauce. Do you know how upset you are going to be? Suppose it is supposed to come with fries. No, and the fries big packet. Instead of that, they give you the small one. Do you know? You may go back to your table, and you will still be thinking, "I didn't get the big packet of fries." <laughs> you know how your mind is caught onto this stupid stuff, and it eats you up. So when you get out of the restaurant also, you want to fight with these people and when you get out, you say, I will never ever come back here again. <laughs> so this is how human beings are. We keep on holding on to a subject for such a long time that we cannot let it go. And mind has to be overcome. Remember this. How do you hold your mind steady? You hold your mind steady by removing everything else. Removing. Systematic practice has to be followed. Right? So how do you do it? It is either done by means of this kind of practices or it is done by other methodologies. We have discussed these methodologies in the Bhagavad Gita. Those who remember the Bhagavad Gita, they will tell you very clearly, people use other techniques also. I am not going to discuss many techniques, but I will tell you one technique which most of these yogis do. You see, they take those drugs and with the drugs they try to attain this objective. But it becomes addictive in nature. That is why it is not advisable to take drugs. The human being should avoid those kind of practices. There are other methods as well. But we are not interested in them. We just have to focus on our methods. So it is systematic practice. Now we will move on to verse 12. Okay. So from verse 12 onwards, it has everything to do with the mind. So let us see what it says. Buddha Gita chapter 4, the last message of Sri Krishna, verse 12. Where being steady, this collected mind 
gradually gives up the impulsions to work and winnowing of rajas that is activity and tamas which is inertia through increased sato which is called the balance becomes pacified having no fuel of sense impressions to feed it this is quietly quite a distorted kind of a, you know contorted verse so let us try to see what the verse is saying when you have collected your mind i've collected my mind which means i do not have any other thoughts going on no thinking so if i have stopped the process of thinking and i have zoomed on to a subject many people will say how is it possible to do that well you have done that every single day of your life have you noticed how you eat your food things which you like you are so focused on it right huh? a boy who is in love with his girl you know the girlfriend of his he is so focused on her that nothing in this world is affecting him imagine you are doing a parachute drop do you think you have anything in your mind except opening the chute Huh? You are only bothered. Oh, I got to pull the cord. I got to pull the cord. You are only focused on that. You know that two minute or one minute ride that you take. Huh? <laughs> you see, your mind is only on that one thing, right? Can you imagine when you are giving your examination for your, you know, for your studies? in your college or whatever are you not focused on the subject single pointedly you are when you are driving have you gone and bashed people up like that here there here there no <laughs> you are very focused and you just imagine you have to back up the car somewhere you can't be doing you know thinking of something else while doing it right so you know what is called as a focus in the mind have you not done that you have so if you know how to steady the mind when you know how to steady the mind the same thing we have to involve the same process has to be used in spirituality focus on one object initially we say use your breath you can use an object also like a burning candle you can use the image of a particular god that you feel so nice about ishta dev as we call him you can focus on objects which you think you love you see you're going to look at that object and you're going to focus on that object so it's like when i am doing this satsang i'm focused on the subject here i am looking at you <laughs> see <laughs> i am focused and suppose the phone rings at that point in time ring ring you know how irritated <laughs> or if the power goes see 
you are going to be disturbed. So what is important is to keep the mind in focus. First we have to learn focus. And then the next step is called defocusing. You know defocusing? Your camera does that. If you have a new iPhone camera, you know how it blurs out the background and focuses onto one subject, isn't it? Right? You know that subject very well. Hmm? So when it picks up that subject and the rest of the background gets blurred out, that is the way in which you have to do it. Being steady, this collected mind, when this mind which is focused onto this, what does it do? It starts dropping off things which are useless. Like things which are going to keep on disturbing you constantly. What is disturbing you? Action. Action disturbs you. Imagine the president or the prime minister is giving a speech and suddenly somebody in the front row raises a slogan. Mm, mm, mm. You know how disturbing it is? So this problem arises. So for a person to focus on to the subject very, very clearly, you have to give up rajasic activity. Imagine I am eating something while I am standing on a podium. Okay, I'm having a glass of my favorite soft drink next to me. Do you know how disturbing it is for people around and for you? Because you have to look at that object. Just imagine, even for these 10 seconds, I pick up my bottle of water. I open it. You know what is happening? You are getting disturbed. And I have already got disturbed. So, we have to give up Rajasik and Tamasik activity. What is the Tamasik activity? You see, when you are doing your meditation, you will find that people are closed, they have closed their eyes like this. They are doing this. What are you doing? You are not meditating. You are sleepy. <laughs> that is tamasic activity. Correct? Huh? You seen when people are driving, at the signal they have nothing to do. So they are indulging in tamasic activity. They are digging their nose or their ears or what are they doing? It is, it is tamasic activity because the signal is red. Now do you understand? Why do they do this? It's because tamas and rajas comes into the picture. How does rajas come into the picture at the same signal? You will find that there are these beggars or people who come up with this, you know, bouncing dolls and stuff like that. They will knock on their window. In India, it happens at every signal. They'll go, or those people who will come, hey, paichade, you know, like, <laughs> so, so these people, they disturb you. And at that point in time, you say, these people have nothing else to do in this world. I wish they don't come and disturb me. 
rajasik activities happening in you <laughs> the kind of anger that may come up the kind of activity that you want to do you want to roll up the windows and give them a dressing down you know you, you can't go and do some work <laughs> so do you understand even in the spiritual world the rajas and tamas disturbs a person so we have to first eliminate them so when you are doing meditation or when you are focused on a subject would do you want to play the music loud no you think you should put on the television while doing your studies no you better be focused on one subject so why is it that children nowadays you know they will put on the tv they'll put on the headphones and listen to some songs and then they want to do the studies they call it multitasking i believe and in multitasking you are going to get a person who is master of none you know na jack of all trades master of none is like that nobody is going to be perfect right so this, the reason we we are talking about steadiness is because of this so remove the rajas and the tamas and you re- remove the rajas and the tamas what is left behind is called sattva sattva is only goodness so if there is some irritating person or an irritating object which is disturbing you you have to first remove it from your mind so when you eliminate this you are going to be in the domain of sattva because when you remove inertia and when you remove activity inertia is equal to tamas activity is equal to rajas when you remove these two out what is left behind is called goodness which is nothing but a balance which is sattva hmm? when you are in the domain of sattva your mind is pacified it is calmed down it has cooled down there is nothing in this world that is going to disturb you why because there is no fuel of rajas and tamas they are not inciting you they are not giving you chabi you see they are not giving you that stuff so when the rajas and the tamas is eliminated at that point in time sattva remains you become peaceful calm meditative you know now asmr activity happens <laughs> you see when the person talks very softly you are calming down your mind and that is why you will find that when this great guru speak their speech puts you in a very deep state <laughs> so if you listen to all the great gurus of this world their voices calms a person down huh? you see if i have to do something like that i many a times i feel that i got to sleep in one minute time okay i got to do like this you know got to go to sleep and i should get up in say 15 minutes you know what is the easiest thing for you to do i put the podcast in my ear in one minute i am fast asleep 
<laughs> I mean, you will not believe this, but it is the way in which you can calm your mind down because these people, those who are giving some great speeches, you know, they are talking in the same tone. <laughs> it puts you to sleep. If you are going to listen to all the, you know, metal and this and that, other bands and all, of course you will never be able to sleep the whole night then. You see, when you put on a 10,000 watt speaker, dang, 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 big noise, you won't be able to even take a wink. Got it? So anyway, so this is the way in which we can calm our mind down. I hope you got the verse. So we move to verse 13. So chapter 4, Uddhav Gita, verse 13. Having the mind thus controlled within himself, the man at that time knows nothing external or internal, just as the arrow maker with his mind absorbed in making the arrows did not notice the king passing by his side. There is a story which talks about a king who was going with his entire army. Meanwhile, there is a shed over there and there is an arrow maker. He is busy making perfect arrows. He doesn't even realize that the king with his entire army has passed by. You know how much noise happens when there is a big procession going on? And the arrow maker who is so focused on doing that one job intentionally, he's, he's doing it with precision and perfection. Such a point in time, he doesn't even realize that an entire army has passed him by. Got it? You have to be so intent. Zero onto this world. Zero onto whatever thing that you want to. Don't let your mind wander anywhere. Nothing in this world will affect you after that. Having the mind thus controlled within himself, the mind has to be controlled within himself, within that individual being. Knows nothing external or internal. You see, internal means there is a sound going on. If you have eaten bhajiyas, you understand when you eat all kinds of wrong stuff, your stomach makes noise. Doesn't it make noise? <laughs> you are not bothered about that activity also. Hmm? You have seen people... They do all kinds of things. Imagine you are doing a meditation and suddenly you just imagine some person in the corner is doing this kind of a thing. He is not focused. Right? Imagine that simple activity can cause so much of trouble. Have you seen a Charlie Chaplin movie? 
you know, his expression with a small mustache of his, <laughs> just that little movement can create so much of laughter, isn't it? You have noticed it, isn't it? Just that little bit of activity can create so much of laughter. Think, if I have to move around, if I have to do some activity, when I am so focused in my meditation, little activity, it is disturbing. Got it? So, if you control your mind, you are not supposed to move. I will recommend you Vipassana meditation techniques. You are supposed to be in meditation from morning to night. And I believe they do a very great job. It focuses your mind. It removes all the dirt that is there. I don't teach Vipassana. Okay? Vipassana and other techniques of meditation are taught to those people who need to have steadiness of the mind. Here, my method of teaching is Bhakti Marg. You see, in Bhakti Marg, anything goes. You can sing and dance. You know, Osho, you know Osho. No? Osho would talk about doing dances <laughs> and say, ho, ho, ho. I'm not going to tell you to do ho, ho, ho and do dance. We are moderate people, you know. <laughs> we don't know much activity. But whatever we do, we have to focus on that object. So if you are cooking, you focus on that. If you are drinking, you drink properly. If you are eating, eat properly. It's kind of a meditation only. So, controlling himself. The man at that time knows nothing external or internal. Internal, I told you, the noises in your stomach and all these things. Now, external. Whatever is happening around in the world. I want you to think very carefully. Let us say you are in the year 2017. Hmm? And you did not even touch a newspaper till 2019. You have removed the newspaper out of your life. You know, the newspaper used to come every now and then. So if you have removed the newspaper out of your life, and the newspaper suddenly, when you have gone to the airport, there are those free newspapers. Okay. So you take up a newspaper. Ah, so many ads, so many things there. Have you missed out on anything in this world? You haven't missed a damn thing. And yet we are so much, I have to read, I have to take this, I have to do that, this has to be done, that has to be done. Come on. What has happened? If the world has to come to an end, you would be dead by now. You won't be reading the newspaper here. Maybe you would be reading the newspaper in hell with the devil next to you. Okay, now you read. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Indra Dev is going to say, Why are you not focused? Pour properly. <laughs> Something like that you are going to be doing. So do you get the point? If you are on earth and nothing has happened, 
Okay. There is this girl called Greta, I think. I, I don't remember her name properly. But she has given some speech. How many newspapers, how many things in this world has happened just because a 16-year-old has given some speech in some place? There are presidents and prime ministers and everybody telling, you know, talking on the same subject. And by the way, nothing is going to change. Nothing is going to happen. Even if you don't know this news, nothing is going to happen. Yes, if you are working for a company and if your boss has told you to do something, you may lose your job if you say nothing has happened. Okay? <laughs> That's a different way. Here we are talking in spirituality. In the spiritual world, nothing has happened. Why are you so much bothered about what is happening in this world? You can give up the newspapers. You can give up this daily activity. See, I was used to watching movies. You know that, no? See, I have not watched movie for a very long time now. <laughs> Nothing has happened. You see, I have not gone to any theater and watched a movie. Right? Even the last movie which was there of all those, uh, you know, super people, you know, Superman. What is that movie called? Yeah, Avengers. I have still not watched it. I don't know what has happened. Maybe Thanos has described, destroyed this entire universe. I don't even know whether he's destroyed it or not. And then the Spider-Man is there and this one is there and that one is there. And Iron Man is not there. I'm sorry to hear that. But that Iron Man, whether he's there or not there, is not changing my world. See, nothing has happened for me. <laughs> so even if I don't catch up with the movies or I don't catch up with the news or a spiritual person, nothing has happened. Got the answer? So don't bother so much about it. So you have to be like the arrow maker. The king passed by along with his entire army and yet he doesn't know about it. That is what you got to be. We move to the next one. Verse 14. Chapter 4, Uddhav Gita, verse 14. The sage should wander alone. Be homeless, ever alert, resorting to caves. He should not betray his real worth by his actions and be without companions and reticent of speech. If you really want to be in spiritual, these are the things that you got to do. You have to know the value of alone, alone being one with you, your own self. You should know how to be alone. Nobody to talk to you. Not a single soul. Be alert. For what? Alert in the spiritual world. When you are one with the self, you are alert with the knowledge, with the divinity, with the things that happen in the spiritual domain. You are not alert of your stomach growling for hunger. <laughs> you understand? Somebody asked me a question. He said, Guruji, recently you went to the north 
the food that was available was not that good. What did you do? I said, I never ate anything. What do you mean you never ate? And then you don't have dinner. I said, I know, I don't have dinner. It's, it's not that I have to eat in the morning, then in the afternoon, then in the evening, then in the night. I don't have to do that. My body is capable of handling the situation. People say you got to feed yourself every few hours. The yogis who are sitting in the Himalayas or various other places, they don't even get up for feeding themselves. How is it possible? Food is required by the physical body because metabolism and all those things happen. You require breath for the breath body. Right? You require activity for the mind. You require knowledge for the intellect. And you require happiness for the happy body. See? These are the requirements. Can you be happy? You got to feel happy, isn't it? <laughs> the idea that I got to get food for the food body is so important that a man searches for food. The breath is so important for the breath body that the man searches for breath. The yogis do one breath in a year. Don't you think their breath body must be starving for breath? No, they have overcome the breath body. They don't need to breathe consistently. They don't have to do that. You need to breathe when you are doing some activity or stuff like that. Right? right? Isn't it? They are sitting in one place. They have controlled their breath body. Pranamay Kosha. They don't have to breathe. They can take one breath in a year or one breath in 5000 years. It does not really matter. If it is hungry, then you need to feed it. If the mind is hungry, then you will feed the mind. In my world, I don't even bother my head about all these things. So why do I need to feed my mind? I am hungry, I am hungry, I am hungry, my stomach is growling. Do I have to do that? I don't have to bother my head about it, so I am not going to be hungry. Got it? My body is not going to starve. And my body doesn't require. What activity are doing? Nothing. When you are doing nothing, there is no activity done, then what is the point? So this yogi should wander alone, be homeless, ever alert. Homeless is important. About the home we will be doing tomorrow. Don't forget to join in. Okay? Like they say, na, subscribe to my channel and don't forget to join in the next time. So something like that, I also may have to say. <laughs> so tomorrow I will be telling you about homeless people and what happens. Okay, so be homeless. You don't have to have a home. You just wander around. So this sage wanders around like that. He resorts to caves. He can sleep anywhere. He can sleep on the ground. He can sleep on the stone. He can sleep under a tree. Why does it matter? You know, Buddha did all that, isn't it? Yeah. 
He should not betray the real worth of his actions. Never point yourself out. I am the great Babaji. When I went on my tour, this time I was totally incognito. I never told anybody who I am, where I came from. I look like some, you know, average retired old man. Like that. I went like that. And nobody noticed me. Okay? I noticed everybody. They didn't notice me. See? Things like that. So, <laughs> I was noticing everything. Nobody noticed me. And I was the happiest because nobody there to irritate me. Correct? See, if there is a Babaji in the in 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 your vicinity, you want to Babaji, Namaskar, and all that. You want to do that, isn't it? When you go incognito, nobody bothers about you. Nobody. See, if tomorrow some great author comes and stands in front of me, autograph, autograph. Huh? Are we not going to take pictures with somebody? I want a selfie with you. What do you mean by selfie? If there is a film star, don't we want selfie with him? See? Here, the Babaji or that sage or the saint, he is greater than any of the presidents, prime ministers, actors or whatever. They are all incognito. They don't tell you who they are. So you have to be like that. You don't have to take the mic and say, Hello, hello. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go and stand in front. The funniest part was one person asked a question. When Narendra Modi had gone to his mother's place, how did they take the photograph? Sir, his entire battalion of photographers is there with him. All the newspaper channels and all the TV channels are following him wherever he goes. You think he can walk in the streets like a common man? I don't think Narendra Modi or Donald Trump can walk like a common man. Can he? No. He is not free. He is bound. So this is what he says. Without companions. You should go without companions. You don't need to have some person tagging along or some cameraman or this or that. You don't have to do anything. Just go alone. Nobody around you. And no speech. Finger on your lips. Like teacher used to say. Na? Children, put your finger on your lips. So this way, a yogi, a sage has to live alone, single, nobody around him. No mind also, by the way. Hmm? No food, nothing. It does not matter really. No noise. Not a single person around him. Then, there should be no action also. Right? Nothing. Peace. Calm, quiet. And Avduta does that. This lesson is given by my Guru Datatre to Yadu. Krishna is giving the same lesson to his disciple Uddhava. I am telling you what they said. Become an Avduta. You don't need people, properties, Things around you. Be alone. You will become sage. And if you are alone, see people stay in the jail for 15 years, okay? But they are not alone. They are thinking, I want to kill that fellow who put me in jail. 
No, the sage is not thinking like that. He is not thinking, God, you made me alone. Let me come and show you. He is not thinking like that. Got the point? Peace, alone, quiet, nothing else to do. So we will stop over here. And tomorrow we will start from verse 15 onwards. So take care. See you all tomorrow. Bye.